It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's a hot time. We had a hot time. Together. Together. Yes, it's a hot time. We had a hot time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. We all have our first pot story, but some are way better than others. Dr. Dina, today's guest on the show, is a Los Angeles based cannabis consultant, activist, and dispensary owner who serendipitously received her indoctrination into the California canna culture from the one and only Snoop Dogg. Imagine. Her first puff of weed with D-O-double-G. An entrance like that was foreshadowing for what was to come. Dina has parlayed her passion for pot, tenacious spirit, and Hollywood connections into a thriving business as a cannabis consultant. Most recently, she celebrated the launch of Disjointed, a Netflix original series starring Kathy Bates. In the series, Bates is hippie cannabis legend Ruth Whitefeather Feldman, who employs her newly graduated son and a team of young bud tenders to help her run her Los Angeles marijuana dispensary. Dina's role on the show was to keep the writers, cast, and crew honest and authentic in their representation of the cannabis culture and the dispensary experience. Disjointed is the first cannabis-themed programming focusing on the modern cannabis lifestyle in a mainstream, approachable way. If you want to endear someone to you or your kind, self-deprecating humor is always a safe bet. The satirical representation of iconic cannabis stereotypes is playful, and as the series builds, so do the characters which reveal their humanity and struggles, which 
mirror what's going on in your life and mine. Dina and I had a lovely chat about her adventure on the show and talked all things cannabis-related near and dear to her heart. How are you? Good. I'm having a great day. How about you? Excellent. Thank you. Fantastic. You have such a lovely voice. I look forward to talking to you today on the podcast. Oh, yay. (laughs) Come on. Get over here. Listen in. Well, I would say, you know, here I am living in this this fantastic gray world um, of cannabis in West Hollywood for over 15 years and have been helping patients for that long. And it's been really amazing to see our industry go from like being in the black market to the gray market to basically seeing the the sun shining down upon us. Um, We're seeing the light and it's happening. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I got a phone call from an assistant for someone that works for Chuck Lorre Productions. And they said they'd really like to meet with me and they're going to be working on a show about cannabis. And that was all I really knew. Um, They had sent me a script, the pilot, and they asked me to read it. And so I read it to be prepared. And I made a list of notes that I thought, you know, needed to be corrected or changed. Um, And I went and sat down with this meeting. And being in this world of, you know, being an activist is a lot, people say it's a lot like uh, pissing your pants. (laughs) It keeps you warm warm and fuzzy, you know, no one really knows. (laughs) And when they do, it's like, oh, wow, look at you, you know. And so I I really kind of, it was a strange world to be recognized and be given a power that they gave me of saying, hey, um, here's the story we want to do. Is this right? And I thought, wow, that's already a good sign. They wanted to know if this is accurate or not, which means they want to portray us correctly. And after sitting and meeting with them, and I realized they really had cannabis in their best interest. But this wasn't about making us look bad, but it's a satire and it's about poking fun at us, mm-hmm. but also showing the world that we're not so bad. And one way of teaching people that it's not so bad is by making fun of things. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I had mentioned in one of the podcasts was how Dank and Dabby how they make me cringe because it's the part of the culture that I'm trying to get us to turn our, you know, turn our head from and like, no, look over here, look over here, look at these like buttoned up, you know, classy, you know, cannabis folks. But they, there is a segment of the culture and they are pretty spot on in their representation of it. So I, I think they definitely did a great job and they've definitely done their research and these people do exist in the real world. <laughs> um, and, you know, as ridiculous and silly as they might be, um, they're real and they are not bad people. They might be annoying and they might drive you crazy, but they're not bad people. They're not hurting anyone. Yeah. And that's what people also need to remember is, you know, we're not showing them as murderers and as, as reefer madness would have portrayed them as like rapists and murderers and lunatics. You know, we're just funny. Right, right. Um, so when you sat down in that room in that meeting for the first day and you got the real sense that they were looking for looking to you for authenticity, 
was there, were there things that you were like, you really need to touch on these things at, over at some point Not over the course yet. of the season? It was really more like, wow, this is really happening. Wow, someone of Chuck Lorre's caliber, who is a you know, self-claimed 800-pound gorilla in the, indus- in the entertainment industry, to embrace cannabis. And Chuck is sober. sober. And for someone sober to say, hold on, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Let's talk, let's show this and not show it in a negative light. It's not showing it's ruining people's lives. It's it's the opposite. It's showing that the government can ruin your life. It could show you that by not using it, your life could be not so great if you have PTSD and other issues. Right. So I think that really is, is very special. Sure thing. So when you when you got involved, were you there for um, for actually the the taping of the oh, program yes. too? Uh, well, so they first they brought me on, they hired me, and that's when they told me that they had Kathy Bates to play the lead. And right off the bat, it was like, oh my god, because I had I had envisioned this character very differently, mm-hmm. and I thought maybe they wanted to hire me because maybe she was closer to my age, and maybe it was sort of like the weeds thing. If they, and, and it was very, very different, and I was very pleased to see that they went with someone who could be my mom's age. Yes, I liked that, too. And, you know, in this, this time in cannabis, I tell people all the time, if we can get the matriarch of a family flipped on their idea of cannabis, then you've got the whole family. Because, right. you know, that's the woman who's making decisions for her aging parents. But not only that, is it, it really shows the the old school hippie the people that were the backbone of our industry the the jack harrers if you will of the industry that brought us to where we are we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them so you have to pay homage to the fact that this is their way of life and then she has a son who just went to business school and got gets an mba and he wants to turn it into money this is a this is a business opportunity that's what the youth are they're seeing it as this has always been legal to them in their eyes. So what's the big deal? And for us, it's the older generation. It's very difficult to let go and see this as an as a a lucrative asset, or a commodity per se, as opposed to a healing plant. You know, and so there's that battle that's definitely there. Um, in the very beginning, maybe it's because I was very timid and it was new. I had never worked on a multicam show. Uh, multi-cam is very different from a single cam, mm-hmm. and I'm familiar more with single cam. Multi-cam is filmed in front of a live audience. It You have three or four cameras on your cast at all times, and they film a whole scene from start to finish. It's very, very different from single cam. Single cam actually takes a lot longer, but it's a different art. It's like theater. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, we had a lot to set up because... And I would I would argue that's not what it's like. And they said, okay, hold on. You're you're you have to remember that a very small percentage of the world has actually walked into a dispensary. And we don't want to scare people. We want to start them slow and then we'll ease them in. And so the first few episodes, that's what we're doing. We're easing you into this world. And then all of a sudden, at episode five, it starts getting crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, and it's funny because I felt like at episode five was where I really dove in. Was like, okay, yeah, I dig this show. Yes, yes. I mean, my favorite episodes, really, eight, nine, and ten are my absolute favorites. Yeah, and that's when you really see the characters coming out. You 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 know who they are. You're understanding them, 
and and those are also the most powerful some of the most powerful episodes as far as social justice goes i agree and you know and i liked the way the the ptsd element was integrated you know making it feel like you know it it was on its own plane it's something completely different you know and cuz looking at it and and seeing this kind of juxtaposition of you know, what's really happening and then where he goes in his mind was, I, right. I appreciated the way that was put together. Yeah, and it was very special. And we worked with people. We had consultants that were vets that dealt with PTSD um, on set. So we were really very careful and, and made sure that we did justice to that character because Carter's character is very important. Um, the guy sacrificed his life for our country. And here we are protecting him from the one medication that can help him um, as far as the federal government goes. Right. Yet this, this group of, you know, hippie burnout potheads is what the industry, what the world wants to look at us as, but they have the answer. They were able to unlock the key in his mind to let him go and, and be free and, and get away from the, the hurt. And that's really beautiful in a way. So a lot of people see that, Oh, we're stereotyping stoners. You're not getting it. You got trolled if you stop watching it after three episodes. I agree. Because those, those kids really, it's surprisingly how powerful this, this show has been. You know, and I think it does take, I, I saw Kathy Bates on um, Chelsea Handler's show, and she was like, you definitely need to be high to, to watch this show. And, you know, of course, I appreciate watching it being casually baked, but, you know, for someone who doesn't know anything about cannabis. I've just I'm really appreciating this being available on Netflix and it being Kathy Bates and someone who's just really beloved as an actress in general and playing a role that is so different than anything she's done before. I feel like the curiosity of that in general is going to pull people in and you know and just and we give make them fun a of the hypocrisy taste. of it all. I mean the whole thing is just—it's just so stupid, you know. The whole, all the laws <laughs> being. This is just, yeah. So, and Kathy really embraces the character. She she lived through this generation. She has friends that cannabis helps. She went through cancer herself, and her her oncologist gave her a recommendation for cannabis, and it helped her. And she understands. She's a true believer, and she understands like the stupidity of you know, the federal government telling us that this is not okay. And we're sick and tired of it. And, and we also make fun of like our fake commercials. I love them. (laughs) Those are, they're hilarious. And we did not get permission from anyone to make those like the Lay's commercial. We didn't have permission from Lay's, but the, the pop top commercial, there's a dancing pop top and a pack of matches. Yes. That's actually a real commercial from the 1950s that we just spoofed. That was a pack of dancing cigarettes. And, and so this is just kind of, we're, we're kind of playing on, like, look at the hypocrisy. Like, it's okay if it was a pack of cigarettes, but it's a pop-top. Ooh, you know, it's weed. Ooh. Yeah. And it's normalizing it. So all those commercials are really spoofs off of real commercials, whether it's alcohol or whatever, that, you know, why can't it be cannabis? Exactly. That's good trivia. So what, um, what are some of your favorite stories or experiences um, from from being on the set and working with these actors? Well, 
you know, for me, it was really special because most consultants don't spend time on set. They would probably just go to the tapings and spend time in the writer's room. And for me, I was able to spend time in the writer's room um, and help guide the writers. And you learn very quickly not to challenge the comedy of brilliant geniuses. And when you're in a room with brilliant, brilliant minds, you just go, okay, they know better than me. But let's guide them into a place. So, for example, they know X, Y, and Z they want to end the story with. Dina, how could we make that work and make it believable? And then they would write the story. And so they're so talented what they do. And just being around them was so fascinating and, and just watching the way they work. And they, just a bunch of people blurting out, you know, ideas until something works. And just it's incredible. But also being on set and working with the actors one-on-one and making sure that the the set decorators know the right products to be putting out on display and helping curate all the different products for the show. Um, that was amazing. And working with wardrobe and just making all these amazing friendships with people that work on the top of their game. I mean, you work for Chuck Lorre, you don't screw up. Everything has to be perfect. And there, you hold yourself to another level. And it's really special being around that type of workplace environment when you're when the topic is cannabis and everyone jokes the whole time because it's such a friendly workplace people are like people say that potheads aren't you know productive look at the show we we made a whole show (laughs) look we can do it (laughs) and everyone in hollywood is dying to work on our show i mean we get requests nonstop. even when the show ended people were still trying to get a job on the show for next season because they hear how much fun we had there And so just the energy, the dynamic of having 10 amazing, incredible actors working together as an ensemble cast and, you know, having Kathy kind of lead, lead the group is just so, so much fun to be around. That's amazing. I'm jealous. It it sounds like a a dream job for somebody as a cannabis consultant. And not only that, but when, did you finish watching the show? Yeah, I've watched the whole thing. Okay, God, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so at the very end, when, when in episode nine, when the show, when the, the shop gets raided. Yeah. And it was very traumatizing for me because I've been raided three times to have to go through that. And you rehearse it over and over and over and over. So I basically felt like I got raided 19 times a day for a week straight. It's fixing to say um, you had your own PTSD moments. Absolutely. And I was joking with everyone is now I need to smoke because I've got PTSD <laughs> from it. But Seeing the reaction of the producers and the directors, the people that are not from the cannabis world, the the people who are operating the cameras, they're not cannabis users, these people, some of them, but seeing tears in their eyes when this was happening and, and just seeing, and then how they would come up to me afterwards and say, I'm so sorry you had a joke. This really happened to you? Was it really, it was really like this? And I said, yes, this is exactly what happened to us. Yeah, you're like, and, it was probably worse. And was, yeah, and it's really powerful. And the next set of episodes, we have another 10 coming out. We don't quite know when. We're thinking January and February. And there's a, a commercial we shot, and I'm not going to give it away, but it was very powerful. And again, not a dry eye in the house. Everybody was in tears going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that we didn't know cannabis was this great. And so everyone there is a fan of the plant now. That is amazing. That is, well, congratulations. I'm really happy for you. That's an amazing project, and it's, it's doing 
it's doing so much good all over the place. And Netflix is such a wonderful vehicle to really get things going. And so I'm just. Yeah. And how else can we have a story about a cannabis club? It's not, we're not talking about CBS here. This is on a worldwide platform translated into multiple languages and every country is watching this and people have never been able to walk into a dispensary, but here it is. You can walk right in. You could be in this world with Ruth Whitefeather Feldman <laughs> and her lovely group of activists. It's fantastic. And, and speaking of the medical recommendations, so, you know, that was your first intro into the cannabis business was helping your friend back in 2003 getting his medical recommendation. Now, as we move into this recreationally legal space, do you still encourage people to get their medical recommendation? Well, there's two things I have to say about that. So I'm in California. We don't have recreational cannabis. We have adult use cannabis. And we like to say that because the word recreational is politically unsavory. I agree. I absolutely and agree. When I think of recreational, I think of the word parks and recreation. And I think of a kid going down a slide and she wouldn't have a margarita <laughs> and a blunt in her hand. So... I like to think of it as adult use. We're definitely changing over. All of that's going to change, and it'll probably change in the show, too, because we're living in California in this, in, in this fictional store. Um, but it's, it's the way the world is changing. It's becoming okay to use cannabis, and not just for medicinal. The difference will be everyone's going to be paying a 15% excise tax mm -hmm. as soon as January hits. Um, and if you are a patient and you just have your letter of recommendation, you still pay the 15% and you still pay sales tax. However, if you then take your recommendation and you go to the health department and you pay the $100 to have your ID from the health department, you no longer will pay the 9% nine and something, nine and a quarter sales tax. Okay. So it will pay to still have your recommendation and mm -hmm. I will still continue to have my recommendation. And the other difference is, if I don't have my recommendation, I'm limited to the amount of cannabis I'm allowed to have on my person as I walk around outside on the street. And if I'm driving to, you know, say Palm Springs for the weekend, I want to load up on my, my hardcore uh, West Coast Cure hash at my shatter. Well, I'm not going to be able to bring enough with me because I can't leave the house with more than eight grams. So and now I have to go back and forth and back and forth. No, I'm going to be a patient and I can have as much as I need. Got it. Got it. That's good. Because, yeah. you know, those are things that they're the little questions that come up. And it's like, that's either going to be two hours worth of Google research or I can ask. If you don't expert. smoke that much, you're not going to need it. But if you're really, if you use cannabis on a daily basis, you're going to want your note. You're going to want to get your card. And that's what's so cool about Disjointed is the other thing is, uh, I've been getting so many different messages from people saying that they've always wanted to talk to their parents about them using cannabis, but they really never felt comfortable. And it was like, almost like as if they were, I had one guy tell me it was easier to come out um, to my parents as being gay than when, than to tell them I use cannabis. I'm like, that's not right. Like you yeah. should just be able to be open and free with them. If you could tell them that you could tell them anything. And they said, no. I actually watched Disjointed with them, and that helped me open up a dialogue with my mom. And I've been hearing that from a lot of different people, that it's really cross-generational, 
um, that's really affecting relationships with parents. And they're seeing, you know what? Parents can bond together over this. They see Kathy's character, Ruth, with her son, Travis, and go, wait a second. This can make us closer. Yes, absolutely agree. That's, you know, that's what I, I'm out preaching the gospel of cannabis for wellness and normalizing the modern cannabis culture. And one of the things that I also loved researching about you was that you're out fighting another noble and necessary cause of protecting and empowering POWs, prisoners of weed. Yes, that's my baby right there. I loved that. I'm like, so will you tell me what inspired Freedom Grow and the mission behind your organization? Absolutely. So when I first opened up my doctor's office, um, this woman walked in. She was in her late 50s at the time. Her name's Stephanie Landa. And she announced as she walked in the doctor's office, you know, she she needs a note, but she really only needs it for a couple months because she has to turn herself into federal prison because she got caught growing cannabis in San Francisco with the permission from the city. (sighs) And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, the city turned me into the feds and now I have to go to jail for five years. And her partner had to go to jail. It was just this whole horrible situation. And I became friends with her and, um, and she ended up going to jail years later. She couldn't get out of it. She served five years in prison. At 60 years old, she went to jail. Shut up. And and she's like this sweet little, like, five-foot-two Jewish lady from, like, the Valley, like, little old New Yorker girl. And I love her. She, like, it, it, from far away, you would think that she was 19 years old. Like, the way she dresses and carries uh-huh. herself, and she's just, like, this bubbly, fun thing. You know, who happens to need a hip replacement because she's getting older. <laughs> but she's, she is just, to me, the bee's knees. And when I, when I, we, you know, we would write back and forth when she was in jail and I, my heart was broken that she was in prison and there was nothing I can do and I would send her money. Um, but when she got out, she explained to me what it was like being in there and how you have to, that the food in there is not edible. You cannot eat the food. It's not even meant for human consumption. The people who work in the kitchens see the boxes of food saying not for human consumption on the boxes that they're feeding no. everyone. So everyone knows don't eat the food. It's like it's not for people. Um, and so in order to survive, you have to eat, buy your own food from the commissary. And you're allowed to go once a week and order food. And you can keep it in your room and you can eat. And everything costs money. Like a cup of noodle soup is three times the cost in jail than it is in the markets here. And then they get paid pennies to work in the, in there. They, and that's the other thing is the world's large or the country's largest corporation that no one's ever really heard of. It's called Unicor, and they're responsible for manufacturing all the infrastructure for our country, whether it's school desks and bulletproof vests and things like that, license plates. And those are all prisoners, mostly drug prisoners in jail, and that's why they like to arrest pot prisoners because we're really, really nice people and we don't argue and we go right to work because we want to get back home to our families. We don't have like drug habits, like we're not heroin addicts that have to withdraw from drugs and need other, you know, medications. So it's very easy to throw us in jail. We don't fight. Um, (laughs) And, and unfortunately we, there are just too many people in prison for cannabis across the country, really across the globe, but we have to start somewhere. So what we did was, 
we started this nonprofit called freedomgrow.org where we decided to raise money to put on the books of commissary of people spending time in prison. And those people are all nonviolent, victimless crimes. Um, they've never hurt anyone. It was just because of a plant. A lot of them, their families can't afford to support them. So they have no money. They get nothing. And so we will raise the money. We'll send them all $100 a month, which actually makes a huge difference in prison because now they can get a phone card and call their family. Um, and it's just, it's been so wonderful. Just in the letters that we, we get back from these prisoners after they get a card from us, just to know that they're not forgotten. And so that's something that we really focus heavily on. Um, we get booths at all these cannabis cups and we sell hot chocolate or lemonade, depending on the temperature outside. And we just take all the money and put it right on the books of these people. I love that. And so if other people, if people out in the wild who are listening wanted to get involved and help you, um, what's the best way to do that? You can reach out on freedomgrow.org. You can actually make a donation right to our PayPal from there. It's all tax deductible. Or you can send us an email. And we, right through our website, and we're looking for different people to kind of do a grassroots lemonade stand in front of their house or whatever, you know, for weed prisoners. And yeah. if little kids can do it, so can we. Yeah. No, I saw a picture that was so funny and so clever of um, you doing the the charity where you take a picture smoking in the back of a cop car. Oh, yeah, that was actually, <laughs> you know. Sometimes I have really great ideas and they don't, they backfire a little bit. And that was one of them. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we rented like a Hollywood set police car and we hired an actor to dress like a police officer and then we would <laughs> charge people 20 bucks to get in the cop car and take pictures of you getting arrested, to like screw with your parents or something, you know, just something yeah. funny. But instead, everyone was scared of the cop car at the event, and everyone was, like, staying away from the cop car until I got into the car, went on the loudspeaker, and was like, who wants to hotbox with me in the cop car? That's so funny. Yeah, you have a bunch of stoned, you know, paranoid folks that are like, uh, fuck you, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't know about this. I know they were real nervous. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, a rumor afterwards that I was a cop. I mean, there was, people are so funny. It's like, they just did not understand what we were doing. <laughs> well, I thought it was clever. Thank you. All of our pot prisoners in jail got, they received those pictures from that event, and they were just thought it was hilarious that that's how we raised the money. <laughs> I bet they did. So, what do you, do you send people, um, do you have, like, prisoners in states all over the country? Like, how far all is over. your reach right yeah. now? All over. And unfortunately, they're still getting sentenced to life in prison, 20 well, years to life. It's insane. Yep. And we were able to get a few guys out in the last couple of years. About six of our pop prisoners were able to be given clemency, um, which is incredible. And uh, that, that couldn't have been done without the hard work of Amy Lou Pova. And Amy Lou also served time in prison. Um, 10 years for a charge with her ex-husband who was selling ecstasy and he somehow asked her to get to bail him out of jail with cash and so when she went and got the cash they charged her with conspiracy and she went down for all his crimes and he gave her up and got no time oh. and so she realizes how important it is to have a voice and an advocate 
Um, and so she's the one that really is behind the clemency part of it. And we help her with funding. So it's a team effort. And uh, it's, it's really incredible. That's fantastic. Well, I will look more into it and figure out how I can help tie some of the things I'm doing in with that. Because I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And it's and it is that grassroots feel yeah, and it's of really like I'm literally helping one person though, at a time. Is that if you look at the statistics, 10% of all cannabis users will get arrested for cannabis use at some point in their life. 10%. 10%. That's insane. It is now when I think about it. I think we're at the tipping point and, you know, it's things are going to start rolling faster. In, right. And, but it, it takes people it being willing. I mean, Nebraska just passed a law banning CBD. And so there are still backward states. I mean, they're afraid of no THC. They're afraid of CBD, which only helps people. They're afraid of anybody that isn't beating a Bible. And, you know, and the, I mean, it, and it's like the Rust Belt is like this anomaly, <laughs> but, right. you know, but it's always that way where things, they start on the East and West Coast and then they bleed to the center. And so, you know, that's just, that's right. the way this is going to go too. And it feels I mean, I too big. I difference from the three times that we were raided by the DEA. The first time we got raided, the DEA agents were total assholes, hating on us, teasing us making fun of us, just belittling us. The second time they came in, it was like they didn't like us, and but they were like kind of just like annoyed that they had to come and raid us. Yeah. And then the third time, they were apologizing for coming in, saying, hey, man, like we really don't have a problem with you. It's just our job. We got to do it. We really wish the state and the feds would get their shit together so we don't have to keep raiding you guys. I mean, that's very different. Yeah, and that that was uh, over a span of how many years? Those three raids. Um, eight years. Well, that's good. Baby steps, progress. We'll yeah. ca- we'll count every win we can. Exactly. So what? Exactly. So what new projects? What's on the horizon for you for the rest of this year? Well, I'm working on a app based game in the Apple Store called Hemp Inc which is a growing cannabis game, which is really fun. That is fun. Um, Yeah. And so uh, we've been working. That just launched. That's really exciting. Um, I have my podcast called Cannabis Confidential on Cannabis Radio, which I need to get back to doing again. And uh, the freedomgrow.org. And then, of course, the dispensary, Alternative Herbal Health Services. Uh, We affectionately call it as OzWeHo. Just had a big revamp. Right from the when Disjointed launched, Netflix came in and they turned our dispensary into a Ruth's Alternative Caring. That's and so, so fun. right now we are currently Ruth's Alternative Caring in West Hollywood. Well, that's super cool. I love that. Yeah, it's been really fun. And we did a, a whole pop up event with Netflix branded uh, strains of cannabis. So they gave me a list about six months ago and told me, you know, this is the description of the type of weed we want to sell can you pair that with a strain that's already out there? And so I did that and they provided us these beautiful collector's jars, um, redid the store. And then they gave away like the most incredible merchandise to all of our patients that came in t-shirts and hats and pins and really quality products. It was really great. That's a really great cross promotion. Yeah, it was really fantastic. Of course. I mean, I expect nothing less from Netflix. They, they just are on the cutting edge and I, 
I just really love how they're constantly pushing the envelope. It's incredible to be embraced by such a big, you know, company such as Netflix. I think it's honestly our pop-up and our Netflix strains that we did. It was the largest branding event to ever happen, the biggest collaboration in cannabis to date. And it was done by a company that wasn't asking for any money back. I mean, that never happens. Yeah. They were like, hey, let's pump your business for a weekend. And okay. <laughs> yes. So that we are really blessed and to be working with such wonderful people over there. Fantastic. Well, so I know that you got your name, Dr. Dina from Snoop Dogg. Yes, and... I am not a doctor. <laughs> I am board certified by Snoop. <laughs> Well, it means nothing. <laughs> well, it means nothing unless you're a stoner, and then it means everything. I guess so. There you go. My mother's actually a doctor, so she really doesn't like my nickname. But. <laughs> she rolls her eyes. She's like, God damn it, I earned yeah. my PhD. Exactly. So <laughs> I would love to send you a casually baked care package. And uh, I've got, I'd love to send you one of my shirts and um, one of my educational kits and stash bag. And so what size shirt? Um, They're V-neck, V-neck tees. What size would you need and what size would Snoop need? Because I'm going to send you both one. He's a 3X. And I usually like if it's a if it runs small, I'd be a medium. If it's like otherwise, I'm a small. Okay, and it will because I I need a medium, and I'm wearing the large right now. So I will send you there a you medium, exactly. and I don't have a three X in a shirt, but we'll see what I can get done. No worries. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there something that you want to shout from the rooftops that I didn't ask you? Um, I don't, you know, I think you did a great job and you really hit it, but, uh, I'm so honored that everyone loves disjointed and that you understand it, that you're getting it, what we are trying to do. And I'm just very excited for people to finish watching the series and realize that we shine a light on some really important issues that would never get touched upon in the way that we did without the power of the people behind the show. So this is really exciting. Awesome. Amen. And I look forward to seeing what other big messages y'all bring out into the light, so to speak, next season. Thank you. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right. Well, you have a beautiful day. And again, thank you so much for your time, Dina. Thank you. Take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You got your face fixed up nice with all those little, little colored lights. You got those records that spin around and round. We're going to spin, spin, spin till we get home. I've bundled up some helpful links and fun videos about Dr. Dina, Disjointed, Freedom Grow, and her radio show. You can find them in the Podcast 19 show notes at casuallybaked.com backslash blog. Casually Baked the Podcast was created, recorded, produced, edited by the team of Just Joe. Our theme music is by my handsome and fabulous friend Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with his music, check out his latest album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you are buying your music these days. I know he didn't create high time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out.
hey, I gotta ask, how am I doing, man? Do you like the podcast? Are you entertained and learning new shit? Send me an email through the website, leave a comment in the show notes, review me on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you've got my phone number, text me, give me a call. I want us to both enjoy this experience. So bring it on. Love your gut. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.